Good morning. You listen to FloorDaily.net, and I'm Kemp Parr. This morning, my guest is Bob Murray, the chief economist with Dodge Data and Analytics. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. Good to be with you. You uh, put out a report called Construction Outlook, and it, it comes out in October. It's good to review this as people are getting ready for next year and some planning. As you recall, most of my listeners are interested in the type of construction starts where flooring is installed. So that kind of takes the warehouses and the utility-type spending out of the equation. Give us a quick summary of what you think 19 is going to look like in comparison to 18. I think what we've been looking at over the past few years has been a deceleration in the rate of growth. Mm -hmm. But I think the important distinction to make at the moment, are we talking about a slower rate of growth or are we talking about a decline in activity? Mm -hmm. I think it varies by individual structure type. You know, overall, this has been a pretty good year for construction. The economy has been strong. Rate of growth in terms of overall GDP this year is expected to be 3%. That being said, I think we've been seeing more headwinds affecting both the economy and the construction industry in 2018. That will be carrying over into 2019. And again, I think the, the prospects for construction do vary depending upon what particular sectors that you're looking at. Yeah. The first thing most economists do is they look at the GDP, like you mentioned, and 3% and 18, your call for 19 is just down 0.5. So it's just a little bit of slowness for the year for 19. You're looking at unemployment. Obviously, this is before the GM news, but you're calling for it to be where it is, 3.7%. That's another good number. So as we get into the different sectors, you've got single-family housing, and I'm just looking at the charts in your report. It was up 9% in 17, up 5% in 18, and down 3% in 19, right? Yeah, we're looking for single-family starts to slow a bit in 2019. I think the big reason relates to affordability. Right now, we've been seeing fairly substantial price increases in many parts of the nation. Of course, what single-family housing is facing is that a lot of the new demand is coming from the millennials, and in certain markets, particularly in the Northeast or in California, many of those millennials are just being priced out of the single-family market. In addition, with the tax reform legislation that was passed at the end of 2017, you're seeing some lessening of the tax benefits of single-family home ownership. That, combined with a somewhat slower pace for the economy, plus a higher cost of financing, the 30-year fixed rate in terms of mortgage rates you know, certainly has moved upward. Right. And we're expecting further pickup in 2019. All that calls for some slowdown in terms of single-family housing. And I might also add, we've been seeing this slowdown already take place in both the new home sales and existing home sales figures in 2018. And that relates most directly to housing demand. So I think what's going on right now is that it's kind of some loss of momentum, but not to the point where we're looking at a steep decline. It's more or less kind of a, a settling back process as opposed to a steep drop. All right, let's go to multifamily housing. Just quick numbers on that. You've got 17. That was actually down a little bit, down 4%. 18, up 2%. Everybody's been talking about the fact that it's been hot, probably needs to cool off, and you're calling for a negative 8% in 19 on multi. That's correct. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of the growth, of course, has been in some of the, the major downtown markets. Certainly New York City stands out. 
But you can also point to a number of other areas. I mean, particularly in the Atlanta area, I think Atlanta was one of the latecomers to the expansion, but certainly it had pretty strong rates of growth in 2017, but more recently it's begun to settle back as well. I think the, the take with multifamily housing is that, yes, it has been going at a very strong level, essentially matching what had occurred in the prior decade, but I also think the banking sector is taking a more cautious look at the multifamily lending. You know, obviously projects have to be viable in terms of having renters come in and paying the rent, and I think there's a sense that perhaps this market might be if not overbuilt in some markets, perhaps on the edge of being overbuilt. That being said, if you look at market fundamentals, they had been eroding through 2017, but in 2018, actually, we've been seeing some improvement in market fundamentals, and by that I'm talking about rent growth and and occupancies. So I think the initial stage of a pullback from multifamily housing, like single-family housing, will be, I think, a, a gradual step down as opposed to a steep decline. You know, as we look back 11 years ago and start thinking, you know, hey, that rate with both multi and single was about 1.5 million. It's down now around, I think, 1.2 or so. And we're calling for a cool down. So it looks like that's as high as it's going to get for a little while, right? Yeah, I cool down is a good way to look at the housing market mm-hmm. going into 2019. You know, essentially in terms of total housing starts, we're essentially holding in the 1.2, 1.3 range. Yeah. I think the the big increases that we saw just a few years ago have probably come and gone. That being said, I I still think there are areas of opportunity because a lot of the growth within multifamily housing has been downtown high-rises. And usually what happens in an expansion is you get some of the initial kind of push coming from, let's say, the, the downtown areas. And I think one of the elements that could be a cushioning I guess, force as we go into 2019 and 2020 would be some pickup activity in more of the suburban and outlying areas as opposed to downtown areas. Let's move to non-residential construction. First, office buildings, you have them up 3% in starts in 17, up 6% in 18. These are dollar numbers. Right. And then up 1% in 19. So slow, slow down there too. Yeah, I mean, the rate of growth is slowing, and actually in terms of the square footage, the expectation this year nationally is that office square footage will be 143 million square feet. Next year, we do have a 3% drop to 139 million square feet. Vacancy rates are still fairly accommodating to the office market, but that being said, in a situation where you know there is a bit slower growth in the economy, the employment gains are not as strong as what we've seen in 2018, we think there's going to be a more cautious stance in terms of uh, the availability of funding for office development, which would lead to that moderate slowdown in terms of activity. And again, 139 million square feet is not that bad related to recent history, although I might point out that if you look at the prior peak for office building in, let's say, 2000. We're kind of looking at a peak of around 220 million square feet. Back in 2000, it was 300 million square feet. And if you go back to the mid-80s, it was 350. So having this thing peak out at essentially 143, you know, this market has not exactly been a repeat of the prior booms. No, exactly. It's beginning, I think it's probably because of technology. I mean, everybody's talking about residential. You know, you can take a PC and work anywhere. That's while, correct. Why come to an office? Certainly becoming increasingly true. Yeah. Not only that, depending on the company you work for, 
you may come into the office building and you sit down at a seat at a table as opposed to going to a cubicle or right. even in prior decades going to an actual office. Yeah, so the density is a lot higher is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay, so hotels, you've got them coming down. I'm surprised. I just went to BDNY. Everybody's enthusiastic about the hotel sector. It was up 10% in 18 and down 6% in 19 is what you're saying. You know, we've been seeing a lot of activity for hotels that has been related to hotel and casino expansion. Yeah. We just don't see that going at quite the same clip in 2019 and a little bit more difficult economic environment. I think the positive views in terms of the hotel sector relate to what is currently happening as far as hotel occupancies and hotel revenue per available room. But if you look at a broader time frame, we have been seeing some deceleration in revenue per available room. And given the fact we just don't see the starts particularly for the hotel and resorts and the casino projects going at quite the same clip as they had been recently, that accounts for that slowdown. You know, again, in terms of square footage for hotels, we're looking at, you know, essentially 71 million square feet in 2019, and that is down from 77 million square feet in 2018. But if you look at the bottom, you know, essentially a few years ago, we were at about 17 million square feet. Yeah. So it's settling back from the peak, okay. uh, but not as, as some of these other project types. We're not looking for a steep decline in 19. Yeah. Well, let's go to retail, to stores. I think this is actually interesting and good news because it was down 9% in 18, and you've only got it down 1% in 19. So it might be flattening out. Yeah, you know, the the important point to make with retail construction is that it has really set out this expansion. If you look at the levels of activity in terms of square footage, the estimate for 2019 is 80 million square feet, and that compares to peak levels in the prior decade of around 310 million square feet. So retail, I think there there are two factors to look at when you're talking about retail construction. Number one, it's paying for the overbuilding that took place a decade ago. Yeah. And number two, we've just been dealing with a major transition in terms of the retail sector. Yeah. In a way, a positive element here is that, you know, when you're kind of bouncing along the bottom, how much further are you going to go down? Right. So essentially that is kind of the, I guess, take on the retail sector. That being said, I think there relates to a lot of opportunity within retail renovation work. And what we've been seeing in terms of our renovation numbers is that they have strengthened. They've moved in an expansion mode in contrast to the very, you know, weak levels in terms of new construction. Certainly there continue to be opportunities as far as renovation work within the, the retail sector. Okay. Let's talk about education. That's actually been doing well lately. You had them up 11% in 18, up 6% in 19, and you add a comment that it's been mostly K-12. through The spend's been 2.3 times more than the higher ed sector. Right. You know, I think what we've seen over the past few years is that a number of states have passed measures, school construction bond measures, and we are now seeing the benefits of those bond measures. Certainly, I think in areas such as Texas or California, there is a recognition that as a result of enrollment growth, you have to increase the amount of uh, school projects to accommodate growing student populations. But if you go to other parts of the country, such as in the Northeast or the Midwest, I think there's a recognition in some markets that, yes, the facilities are in bad shape and we've got to go ahead 
pass bond measures so that we can have new school facilities. We kind of look at the educational facility market really as one of the brighter areas of construction in the very near term. I think the important thing to keep in mind is that when you look at a construction expansion, it's usually led, and I'm talking now just about non-residential building, you know, certainly as it would relate to the demand for floor products. You, You see the initial movement by commercial building, and then it is followed by institutional building. Now, overall, we're looking at commercial building to be settling back to a modest extent in 2019, but on the strength of still more growth for K-12 through school construction, the institutional building market will still be able to show some growth in 2019. Okay, let's move to health care, which went on pause, I think, last year because of all the political rumblings around the Affordable Care Act, but you had it down 5 in 18 and up 7 in 19. Yeah, we've been seeing a, some weakening in healthcare construction this year relative to really what was kind of a surprising upturn that took place in 2017. You know, essentially overall we see the healthcare market in a, in a broad sense being level at about 80 million square feet. So the uptick that we have in 19 is really kind of a, a situation of moving back to sort of a plateau of activity that has been established over the past couple of years. I, I think there's several different factors to keep in mind when you look at health care. Number one, uh, uncertainty over financing generally has a negative impact. Now, I don't know if that's going to necessarily change. But that being said, I think you know healthcare has been moving to a situation where you have a number of major projects start, and then around them it's a movement towards a hub-and-spoke system, which has been somewhat of a help to healthcare related construction. I think, however, the thing to watch going forward is how much telemedicine will have an impact on levels of healthcare construction Mm -hmm. in the coming years. Very interesting. Okay, Bob, I think it pretty well covers the areas that my listeners are interested in. I appreciate this update. Do you feel like this deceleration is going to continue into 20? In terms of our forecast, we are looking at 2020 and then by extension 2021 as being more difficult years for both the economy and construction. That being said, we are not looking at a repeat of what took place in 2008 and 2009. The imbalances are just not present in this expansion that were present in prior expansions. You know, they say a recession is two negative GDPs. Do you think we'll see that in the next couple of years? You know, I think that does remain to be seen. I think some economists have termed What's expected for 2020 is a garden variety recession, meaning certainly a, a, a pullback in the rate of growth and perhaps some, you know, actual declines. But at the moment, I think most economists are looking for a modest downturn as opposed to a steep downturn. That being said, I think there is growing concern about the amount of corporate debt has, that is piled up. And I think that bears watching because oftentimes you're kind of moving along at a decent clip with economic growth, but there's something under the surface that could derail the expansion. And I think the extent of corporate debt right now bears watching. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the review on this. Again, been talking to Bob Murray, the chief economist with Dodge Data and Analytics, and you've been listening to Kemp Har and Florelli.net.